our individual takes on on the Trump presidency six months in. Okay. Amber, mm-hmm. what do you think? Six months in. Sucks. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that succinct analysis. <laughs> it's going to rain. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, that about sums it up. Like, I, I, I don't know. I Angry mean, like, there's a lot I could say, but like, it's just so fucking terrible. Like, we're we're the laughing stock of the, like everything that the that the conservatives said that we were during Obama. We've actually become like, <laughs> and because we had a black president, apparently now everyone has to die, and. I, I I need everything a little more each day. Um, I think I actually did. Incidentally, I think I actually did see a report that um, people reporting for treatment, uh, especially minorities, um, for depression and PTSD, has gone way up since. Oh yeah, no. uh, Trump became um, president. Uh, minorities. Um Especially people of color and women. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. Everything is just bad. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we do get to see the silver lining of how many people are willing to um, kind of put up rather than shut up when it comes to uh, trying to stop some of this bullshit from happening. Um, I'm glad to see people are doing, you know, tangible things while on the defensive. That's great. Um, I more of that, uh, please. Definitely, definitely more yeah, of that. Definitely more of that, and and a lot less focus on impeachment. Um, it's not going to happen. And even um, if it did, it's not going to matter. Yeah, like we need. It's to be likely focused. to just end on censure, which will do nothing. Yeah. yeah, we we need to be focused on the midterms um, and go from there. Really, um, and it's sad because I and that's what worries me. Honestly, like that that's my biggest like short term worry currently is that we're not going to learn our lesson in that regard and we're going to let the midterms go. Um, mm-hmm. That's currently my short term worry is is that we're not going to have learned anything from this experience because I don't see a lot of people championing that cause um, as opposed to people who are just like impeach him and I'm like do you even know how to impeach somebody do you know what it takes do you understand like the majority of Republicans would have to be like yeah I'm on board with that and they're not gonna be like We, we can look at it real quick Bill Clinton was impeached kind of no no he was he was impeached he was not convicted. He was, he was censured. They, he was they, not what they think impeachment is. Right. They think impeachment is he's out of office. No, that's no. not it. No, it can end in a censure, which is, that's a naughty president. Don't mm-hmm. do that again. Yeah. In yeah. formal writing, we got this letter. That's right. It says it's a write-up. you're a bad president. It is. It's a fucking write-up. It's going to the principal's office. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just it's not what people think it is and it's an in school suspension yeah and unfortunately <laughs> because of like the 
the misunderstanding as to what impeachment is and what they'll actually get from it, people are way that's like the much more attractive option um, that erroneous belief that like yeah. oh we'll just get rid of him and then we'll deal with Pence because Pence is right. so much fucking better. You'd have to do the same thing again. Yeah, and and there's not just, the political will to do that. You no, know? there there's not, and it's just it's not going to happen. People need to be looking at what they actually can do, practically speaking. Um, but I don't see a lot of people championing that, not the way that I do impeachment. Um, so that's my short-term worry. My long-term worries are much more varied and complex. But that's, uh, that's <laughs> you varied and complex. Oh yes, perish the thought. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so midterm elections. Please pay attention to that. Get more people engaged in in that argument, and, and yeah. maybe last... maybe go ahead and school people. Let people know yeah. that impeachment is not what you think, or simply ask them what do you think impeachment actually does. And my last thought would be: there was recently a. Um, couple days ago, report that came out talking about how in the last 30 years, uh, viable sperm count has decreased in Western men. Uh, we've got this administration cutting off women's access to birth control. We've got, you know, LGBT people getting their rights stripped. Um, so I'm going to go with Gilead 2020 is, is my, my feeling there. That's where we're moving. It's all coming together, you guys. Gilead 2020. <laughs> yep. Are you? Do you know what Gilead is? No. A Handmaid's Tale. Ah, uh, okay. It's okay. the it's the nation that is created out of like the right wing extremists <sighs> who start by doing like. It's a two-part crisis. The one part is like everything that they do legislatively to screw up everybody, and then that's kind of spurred by the fact that uh, a population decline due to it's it's insinuated, it's blamed on the women, but it's insinuated that it's due to a, a massive drop in viable sperm count in Western men. Huh. You know, I I was not asked to participate in that study, <laughs> um, so I I don't know. But I'm also done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, interesting. I, I wonder where they're. I would like to look at that study, but not too closely. <laughs> Just maybe from peripheral, maybe the maybe the abstract. Go with the mm -hmm. abstract on that one. Um, oh, uh, I did look, and apparently there are 19 of our states that are not currently expanding Medicaid. And it would be the Bible Belt, oh, Virginia, Virginia South. Louisiana and Arkansas, however, did go into and expand. That's that is a surprise. However, South Dakota, New, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, you know, right through Tornado Alley there, and Texas uh, did not. Yeah. Neither did Maine. Maine really should have. Well, Maine needs have, to. <laughs> They're going they broke. They have this insane governor right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that I think I'm putting it generously. Just say the, the the man that he elected is is not stable. 
he yeah. enjoys threatening people. You know, maybe we could, maybe we could do uh, in our run up to the um, the 2018 elections. Maybe we can have a small write up on each of the states' governors, just like a blurb. I think you know, be lovely. Yeah, just so <laughs> just so we can see. It's like, let's see how bad these people are, because <laughs> you know it's really, really it's really also important, and it's it's because we've been talking about impeachment. But what we ought to be talking about is pardoning. Oh, and dear. there are there's there is a limitation to the president's ability to pardon people. Okay? It's not Yes. It's not complete carte blanche. He can pardon himself. There are many scholars that are going to uh, mince words on that, but really it's fairly well documented and well, it's, it's very straightforward. The only thing, the only restriction that the president has on pardoning is that he cannot he cannot essentially meddle in the affairs of an impeachment process. That's it. Again, there, there, since it is not clearly framed, there is legal argument to be had over his pardoning powers for himself. No, there isn't. Really, really, it uh, is. That's why I heard it framed the, from from Washington Post. But the Washington Post is wrong. Okay. Um, because it just because it's not uh, not a detailed list. The only thing that it excludes is impeachment. Everything else is fair game. Mm. But here's the thing. Okay. He can pardon himself for crimes, federal crimes, only federal crimes. He can also pardon anyone else for federal crimes. Not state. Not state. The only one that can pardon you for a state crime is a governor. Is the governor of that state. That's where it's important. So we should look at the governor of New York. We should look at the governors, all of the governors, and see just how shady they happen to be. Like what Chris Christie. New York? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Chris Christie was the first He's a good one. one. Yeah. And you will find him on the beach, which he has made private by shutting down public access to that beach. That was amazing. Um, Beautiful. I would like to... Um, Given that there's uh, since since I, I brought this up, and the reason I'm so adamant about uh, <laughs> about him being able to pardon himself is because I listen to another podcast called Opening Arguments, mm-hmm. and in their show that came out uh, Thursday, which is Opening Arguments ninety, he goes through exactly why and also the pertinent case law in where governors have pardoned themselves governors can pardon themselves and have excellent that's not broken so it's there and they they have the same rules essentially they can pardon for state crimes they cannot pardon for federal correct 
and they can pardon themselves for those state crimes. So since they live in that state, their pardoning ability is actually more dangerous to the system than anyone else. All I'm going to say is down with the bourgeoisie. (laughs) Nice. So I, I highly recommend listening to opening arguments because it is one of the best podcasts, one of the best shows available. They go through all the legal stuff. I mean, I don't need to do the legal stuff on the show. I would just say, listen to opening arguments. They do a much better, coherent job, and one's an actual lawyer. Andrew Torres Esquire is the lawyer on that show, and he goes through it. So, listen to the experts, but don't take legal advice from a podcast, as he says. Because you shouldn't. That's a bad thing. And so that's on CBS News. Dot com sperm count continued to plummet in Western nation study. Okay, well, I guess I'll have to put that link into the into the show notes now, and I'll also put a link into uh, opening arguments ninety, so that everyone can take a look at that. It's it's important, it really is. Um. So Dan, yep, your take on the last uh, six months of our lives. Oh, okay. Um. Things are bad. Things yeah. are are pretty bad. Taking an assessment, uh, the U.S. is swiftly um, letting go of being the leader of the free world. That mantle is quickly being given up to whoever is willing to grab hold. Um, so Putin. we have seen. Well, I don't. Not free world. I, he, Putin still prefers to be feared than loved uh, by by the West. He likes being loved at home, mm-hmm. but, he, but on the world stage, he prefers to be feared than loved. Um, as for those that are just kind of in the running for the mantle, you've got uh, Germany, Canada, and France. Uh, yeah. Of those, the person with the most experience is Merkel. Yeah, so, so let, let, let's say it was it was Merkel, Trudeau, and uh, Macron. Macron, yes. Macron, who says if you criticize Israel, you're anti-Semitic. Yeah, no, Macron is a bit of a nut job. Um, <laughs> He's got his moments. He is he is a right-leaning centrist who got elected for a left party showing you how things are going throughout the Western world. Mm-hmm. It's like, that sounds like Hillary. Uh, it's Hillary, <laughs> but masculine. I don't know who. Some people would say that that still sounds like Hillary. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, but, so that Some is, is something of a concern, especially when you're seeing um, China with her artificial islands trying to lay further claim to, claim to territorial waters. Um, North Korea being North Korea. Um, <laughs> yeah. They just tested a new ICBM today, didn't they? they yes, they fired did. their ICBM rocket towards Japan. Um, then... You have the the new wave of instability throughout uh, South America and its nations. 
uh, as well as that a number of nations that are dealing with their own problems with corruption uh, through violent protests and in some cases uprising. Um, so the, the world's kind of a scary place on top of, you know, global warming, um, climate change, crazy weather, uh, unstable currencies, and an energy crisis. So that's all going on. Yeah. We have an administration that does not want to address a clear and present threat to our sovereignty and security, which is climate change, Mm -hmm. as stated by the Department of Defense. Uh, I don't care how, you know, you look at the quote-unquote bleeding heart liberals and hippies. This is a military issue that needs to be addressed for the sake of Mm -hmm. national security. This is as red of an issue as you can damn get. And it needs to be addressed swiftly. Uh, If you actually care about military, you should be caring about climate change. Um, Yeah, it's going to have an impact. I mean, that's. Well, it's already had an impact. You're seeing wars happen across our globe because of climate change. You cannot properly farm in certain areas due to climate change. We are going to have climate refugees. We are starting to get them. This is going to cause a resource war. That is clear and present to almost everybody in every military across the globe. They know. Yeah. This is an issue. Same time, we see China investing more and more in their military industrial complex um, with gathering resources from Russia. I've got some numbers. As well as, um, well as building up domestically. So the the the... In the eyes of more conservative uh, pundits, the the war for the hedge money is on the horizon. That's what I said in the pre-show. The tinfoil's not all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you have somebody who is commander-in-chief who understands popularity and wars drive numbers. So that's scary. But he does not like listening to people. He likes to listen to his gut. Um, or Fox and Friends. Well, he loves Fox and Friends. Loves them. Uh, actually, we've seen that Fox is making more money as advertisers are understanding that they can get directly in the president's view by putting on stuff during Fox and Friends. It is getting premium dollar per second. Yeah. We're almost starting to see for Fox and Friends advertisers Super Bowl money. That's a concern. Um, That's frightening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That really is frightening. We're starting to see uh, more and more uh, within the corporate sector, uh, thanks thanks to Trump's election, a further move right by media conglomerates that control the news. Sinclair Broadcasting being the first one that comes to mind. Um, So... Where and how people are consuming their news, as well as the war on journalism brought to you by our current president, um, 
is happening. It has existed for longer, but he's definitely but taken it to new heights. He, 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 he is now essentially state-sponsoring the war on journalism. Uh, it, it, it's, it's very concerning. You have a, a, a Russia that loves our president, something that the Holy Republican Saint of Reagan would be spinning in his grave over. <laughs> um, so there's that. You have, uh, as we mentioned earlier, this this conflux of tribes within our two-party system, which is, is causing even more of a slowdown and more hostility than we've seen in quite some time. So nothing is getting passed even with a full domination of the three branches of government by the conservatives. This is all sort of a gathering storm of things where things already look bad, but the outlook further down the line looks even worse. Where, you know, I, I don't like putting on a tinfoil hat, but right now it, it's... it's the the foil is shiny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I like it's I getting like a lot of mileage. I like to think of things based on you know, human psychology says people do not like to get shot or risk being shot. But you know what's happening? A lot more people are getting shot. Uh, we have fur privatization of, of of police forces, as as well as I think you could have just stopped at further privatization yeah it's everywhere from roads to prisons to schools to hospitals and everything else it is seems to be with especially with this president and the current republican party a hard push for privatization across the board that is not a service that the government should be pushing for. Government exists to protect its people and enable things and investment. Government does one thing really well, and that's infrastructure. Infrastructure mm-hmm. is needed for business um, because it is a long-term investment. Private organizations are interested in quarterly reports. Yeah. Okay. They're not interested in long-term investment. All right? They bulk at it. They try to put it off for as long as possible. Absolutely. Because it's cost prohibitive for the short term. And short term is what they care about. We are also in a culture within private organizations which is hearkening back to the monopoly days. Uh, to the, to the antitrust days, mm-hmm. uh, where it doesn't matter if you're a cog in the machine, you're going to be made into sausage. Uh, corporations care about making all the money, not some of the money. So not money, all the money. We were talking about this last year. I mean, a lot of this, this is you know, just par for the course. Has it really gotten that much worse in the last six months? Are there any any really 
big things that just jump up and bite you in the ass. The, the, the immediate thing that I'm seeing, and this is not necessarily from the executive branch, but has definitely been emboldened by the executive branch, is states making laws so that cities cannot raise the minimum wage. Yeah. Or impinging upon cities' rights to make laws when the Republican you know, byline is we are for small government. You don't get much smaller than a city. Yeah, city or township, and, yeah. And yet you are seeing states infringe on cities' rights to make laws. Um, and, and that is something that really scares me. It's it's upsetting. The initial place is anger, but in most cases, anger is just a cover for being frightened. Well, this this is another call to action, though, for getting out in those midterm elections. Whenever oh. there's an election, but whenever there's an election, period, no matter yeah. how small, you should be participating. You should actually care about who your city's tax collector is. And the elections an election, no matter how small. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's actually really good. Um, <laughs> I'm going but, to make buttons. Yay! You should make. Oh, uh, I'm writing it down. I will make it rain. Buttons. Uh, election is election, no matter how small. Um, but there's 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 been a lot of the sky darkening, and while while healthcare is currently the debate, we. And it seems to be a hill that the Republicans are are trying to die on as swiftly as possible. Um, I think we we I'm not certain the nail is in the coffin for right now, but it feels like it. And then the next thing that they're planning on doing is looking at tax cuts and infrastructure. Tax cuts are going to – it's going to affect public services, public programs that help the needy or enrich the nation. Um, well, we've or, definitely or, seen an increase in the urge that this administration has to cut taxes on the wealthy, to, again. to line those pockets in very much detriment to – to anyone else. If we're looking at the Republican health care bill, that ha- the bills that have been proposed, mm-hmm. you would be looking at, as small as it is, a 2% tax cut on the wealthiest Americans. Yeah. Which is millions of dollars. Let, let's just call it for what it is. Percentages are a funny thing. When you yeah. when you increase the number that that percentage is put against, it actually makes big difference. Yeah. But a 2% tax cut for the wealthiest Americans, while those who like it hurts the bottom, it hurts the poor, but you know who it hurts the most? It hurts the middle class. It turns the middle class and shrinks them. So what's the to, middle class? That's 
Yeah. I was about to say, do this, we still have one? This thing that, no, we, we still have one, yeah. but we have one just barely. And what was an upper-middle-class family? You know, those who were on the cusp of just, just hitting, possibly being wealthy, that's now the middle class. Mm-hmm. Your, your standard middle-class family yeah. is swift, swiftly, quite swiftly, becoming lower middle class and lower middle class is now in functional poverty i think the wealthy people i think the middle class uh could be redefined perhaps as living comfortably paycheck to paycheck with an, with enough enough for small issues that could then be paid off over time you know the credit card emergency fund kind of thing the, and then the people that are in the you know, upper middle class, they might have enough savings where they're not necessarily paycheck to paycheck. I, I don't want to go with that because th- there's more striation, and you know, I love to nitpick details. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> but no, the, the what was acknowledged as as the Republican Party is fond to cite that. 50s and 60s nuclear family mm. that 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 myth? middle that middle class that they they hearken back to and are trying to adjust the government to recapture mm-hmm. the one that only uh, existed in Pleasantville no <laughs> to a degree it actually that that is not entirely myth it it it, it actually existed but the interesting thing to note is the laws that were in place to make that existence possible. possible oh yes, yes. Uh, Truman era, yeah. Heavily re- Truman mm-hmm. through Eisenhower, uh, through Kennedy. No, that serious that, taxes on the on that corporate and serious, the wealthy. Serious corporate, taxes. Corporate taxes. Corporate taxes were incredibly ninety high. plus percent. You well, it was a way. To, the loophole was to reinvest, reinvest in your it. company, yeah, and your employees. It was, it was to expand. You got tax credits for for spending on insurance, for spending on on you know retirement and having retirement funds. That was a way for the private sector. To save themselves money, it also helped build their influence on a regional level, not national. Regional. Yeah. That's where you had, you know, your Bell Souths. Mm-hmm. You you had yeah. Ma Bells. Yeah. You had those companies. You had your Woolworths, where it was. A regional, not monopoly, because there were competitors, and there were mom and pop competitors. Yeah, but you had competition. You had certain areas of regional dominance, but you didn't have these national and multinational conglomerates that were gobbling up and being the only job providers. Oh, this is interesting. Um, just stumbling upon a, a Wikipedia hole. Um, effective corporate tax rate in countries from 2000 to 2005 on average. Uh, the United States was effective tax rate of 13.4%. Yeah. 
That's criminally low. Do you know who the highest was? No. I Take a guess. A child. Yes, I have a child here. Mm. Uh, a Denmark? Child. <laughs> no. Australia. <laughs> oh, you know the one that has the third best healthcare system in the world? At 30.5%. And, you know, this is something that just, like, an ongoing pet peeve of mine in multiple subject areas is people not understanding the root of an issue or a problem. And this is kind of a really great illustration of that, where the GOP are trying to recreate, and this is why they're so self-righteous, too. They're trying to create recreate this era of, you know, a, a pretty damn strong middle class and, and economic prosperity and stuff, but they're doing it, or they're trying to do it by the completely, like, incorrect method. Like, that, it has nothing to do with what they think it does. So it's like, okay, you could institute these policies that were in place at the time, like the corporate tax rate and everything, that helped establish you know, our economy at the time, but it's like, no, 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 no. It's not that it's these snowflakes. It's, uh, too much government interference. It's basically everything, but what it was. And it's this lack of understanding that they have about the root of the issue that has led us to this party who thinks that they're doing good. I mean, in their heart of hearts, a lot of them really believe like, Hey, we're the good guys. We're trying to get back to this place where families stuck together and everybody had a fair shot and all this other stuff without realizing why any of that was possible. Again, it's, 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 this is why we need scientists and historians to actually run, run for Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, we need people who are educated in numbers and trends, not lawyers, right. not businessmen. We need people who have perspective and are educated and see the value in education um, and see the value in infrastructure, see things in a long-term gone away in government is this idea of long-term investment, of long-term perspective. Mm-hmm. It, we're, we're seeing a more corporate understanding of how the world works and you can't run a government as a business no you'll you'll kill people that way mm-hmm. yeah the, um, the interests of government and the interests of of corporations yeah. are diametrically no, if, opposed if you if you want to actually you know get back to that 50s ideal you need you need better antitrust laws you you need a better corporate tax rate you need a, a actually a more striated, more precise tax system. Mm-hmm. Where no, you have more brackets with more as opposed high, to the three tax. brackets that Trump is yeah. proposing. No, you need a striated bracket system. So it is. I I know I don't like inefficiency. A progressive tax, but a progressive well thought out tax system that makes it so that things are more on an equal footing and that there is a la- a functional ladder to pulling yourself out of poverty a person can pull up on their bootstraps but they have to have boots yeah 
If they don't have boots, there is no bootstrapping. Um, in many there, cases, there it doesn't a... seem like there's anywhere for them to bootstrap themselves to either. Yeah. No, there, there's there's no ladder up. There are no lower yeah. rungs. There are three rungs, and they're at the top of the ladder. Right. <laughs> that's, there was a, there that's, was, that's a good point, yeah. There's no ladder. A technology story that came out this week about um, this company is now offering uh, employees the opportunity to implant a chip between their thumb and forefinger, which will allow them to, like, it'll act as a couple different things, like a like a key card, security clearance, yeah. um, vending machine um, usage, yeah. cafeteria usage, stuff like that. And I'm not entirely sh- I- I'm sure this is not the purpose, but all it could make me think of was back in the day when we had company scripts and, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, you get paid in money that's only good for this company. Oh, my soul like, to the company in store. In oh, basically yeah. monopoly money <laughs> that you can only use at this specific store for these specific products. And that's the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, we're, we're going moving moving closer to the Shadowrun dystopia. Yeah. Um, Corporate funds, yeah. No, it's... <sighs> Again, this is what has happened in six months. We're we are talking stuff that's this grim. Uh, we have seen a greater consumption of fiction when it mm-hmm. comes to dystopias. Mm-hmm. That that is a certainly thing. A, a greater generation of uh, of dystopian novels and stories and well, not just generation, but else. also consumption. Right. Yeah. No. Well, the market, the, the market is there. Is what well, I'm saying. All the money, follow yeah. the consumption. Yeah. And the consumption is trying to understand dystopias. Well, and and on that note, because uh, you're completely right, Daniel. Um, one of the things that I recently talked about with um, with a couple of friends of mine was it. Part of it was the dystopia thing, but the other part was how you can tell. Uh, a generation's concerns, like especially their social concerns, by horror. What type of horror they consume? What is the oh, big yes. bad in their horror movies? No, you but can with, understand a society based yeah, on what their fears. Absolutely. And um, as for the dystopia in particular, uh, one of the things that I mentioned was if you look back at like, I mean, there's always been like apocalyptic themes or post-apocalyptic themes yeah. in in fiction. I think one of the earliest sci-fi novels ever was an apocalyptic themed novel back in like the 1700s. The but, popular trope, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very popular, but you can see this shift of like in the 50s uh, and, and 60s when you talked about sci-fi. Um, you got this like this really beautiful bright future like that whole the the futurism trend of like we're gonna have flying cars and the jetsons Mm -hmm. and disease will be cured and everything else and then like you see a shift in there somewhere as things turn worse and worse you know in real life to people favoring dystopian futures um as as um, yeah, after know, we get to consume, yeah, we came off of World War II and we were all high and we were, you know, it was just going to be clear skies from here and everything was great. And then the the Russian scare, you know, started to make us yeah. more fearful. Yeah. You you had Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, just just going on pop culture trends. This is sort of my wheelhouse. 
Um, in the fifties, in the sixties, you had you 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 had the castle horror films. Mm-hmm. You had the Tingler, House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. You had those things. It was external threats, suspense, you, and it, they were alien or strange. Mm-hmm. Um, in in yep. the earlier studio studio era, with you know the Universal monsters, it was this classic horror brought to life. Mm-hmm. What you could only experience in a book is now on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and at those times, because people weren't desensitized, Frankenstein was scary, genuinely scary. So was Dracula, the Mummy. People were legitimately afraid. Mm-hmm. We move into the 70s, the 80s. We get stuff like Jaws. We start getting the slasher films. Yeah, I was about to say the slasher Um, films were a big turning point. You've got this personal external force that was threatening you with physical violence. Real violence. Real Mm -hmm. physical trauma. Violence. Um and then you get to, as we're rem- remembering his recent passing, uh, George Romero. Mm-hmm. We, we get the origin of the zombie film. Zombies being brought to the forefront in, in, in our, our collective pop culture consciousness. I mean, this was an independent film shot on an incredibly tiny budget that had these monsters, but it was a, a commentary on just how dumb white people are. <laughs> um, that minorities can be heroes. Listen to them and they can save your life. Um, the, you Keep had going. I think a, my child is throwing up. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. No. Address the child. Yeah. American consumerism is another one. Well, that w- that was the sequel, mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, an entire commentary on American consumerism. Well, even if you go back to uh, Night of the Living, or yeah, Night of the Living Dead, yeah. if you go back that far, that is a whole cultural commentary on like youth culture and reefer madness and these kids and yeah. their drugs and you know the fear of an older generation looking at this newer generation and being like, what the hell is that? You know, and where are their morals and values and and that whole thing? No, it it was this giant social commentary. And the law Mm -hmm. of horror is a social commentary. Yeah. Um, And you have – we get to the 90s and you get something like Scream. You you get the the almost death throes of the slasher film um, with with things like uh, A New Nightmare. Uh, You get to a point where we're looking at horror and riffing on it, sort of subverting horror, because things were just that good. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, 90s, for a lot of people in America, were a damn good time. Yeah. Um, And then as, I mean, horror almost died, really, Mm -hmm. as a genre when we get to the early 2000s. Almost mm-hmm. no one was consuming it. Um, there weren't yeah, that mean, many you, films. You really only had. I mean, there were there, there. It was definitely there, but as far as like popular horror, you had like Scream, 
and well, that, and that those was were 90s. easily made fun of too. Yeah, and but then we get into the late two thousands. We get gore porn. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we, we we get this very visceral, ultra violent. Mm-hmm. Almost hearkening back to like the the seventies uh, in terms of like Last House on the Left. And yes. films of that it, nature. I mean, we get remakes of those. We get yeah. remakes of, you know, The Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. We get remakes of, of, of Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of The Old is New Again. Right. Uh, which, uh, yes, Bookshell Sonomy, we get Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the same, similar riffing that we saw in the 90s, but... Instead of making as much fun, there is an attention to detail on the gore and the physical bodily horror. Mm -hmm. The torture porn aspect. Yes. Um, And now, let's look at it. We we see Get Out. Mm -hmm. We see a a, a commentary on the well-to-do versus a person of color. Mm-hmm. And Get Out, uh, after I saw it, um, I, I I had heard some criticism about it, um, and I've heard some really great things, too. But what I said to my fiancé was, um, you know, as, as a horror movie, I'm not going to say it's the best horror movie ever made. However, for the subject matter, for what it is in terms of, like, the innovation of this story that's never really been told in quite this way before... Um, at this kind of popularity before and dealing with this subject matter that I think a lot of people aren't exposed to normally, no. especially not the the, the white audience. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. It, it was a very unique voice that was captured at a very unique moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has definitely made a significant difference. Um Horror is now something that Hollywood's interested in investing again because mm-hmm, there yeah. is demand for it. Universal is going back to its its uh, its roots in the <laughs> it's in the trying, classic. Yeah, horror. but the, the the revisiting of the the Universal monsters is not cashing in on horror. It's trying to create another world frame. Um, but. There is a, a, a place for horror now in regular consumption. We're going, mm-hmm. getting another Saw film. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a, a successor slash reset. Um, yeah, things are getting rebooted at an alarming rate, too, I think, because the, the 90s nostalgia is more than just this vapid clinging to the you know like everybody's childhood in this generation. It's I think it's more about... Times. Yeah, exactly. I think it's more about everything is shit right now. Everything is objectively on fire and awful. And this is the last period of time that we can really remember being good or having hope for anything. Well, in a way, it's our generation's oldie station. Right. Because oldie stations don't really play anymore. You know, the, the, the tunes of the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that on the airwaves as much anymore. Right. But I remember growing up in the 90s, and that was something mm-hmm. that was commonplace. And yeah, it was cool 105.9, man. Like, yeah. 
No, you 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 had these oldie stations that mm-hmm. were playing fifties and sixties tunes, and people were regularly consuming them. And it was those who grew up at that time trying to hearken to better days. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing that now in our consumption uh, of this generation's consumption of media, specifically film and television. Um, look at what Netflix is investing in. Look at what the studios are investing in, uh, especially in smaller projects, places where they can actually risk money. Um, but I, but I think it, it, there's two differences between the nostalgia of previous generations and the nostalgia of '90s kids. One fair. is that the nostalgia is coming way sooner. Mm-hmm. Like we're, you know, in our early 30s or so, it's coming way sooner for us than it has for previous generations. And two, I think when, you know, my dad listened to all the oldie stations too and everything like that. And I, I don't think the motivation was as much of like, we're all going to die. So let's hearken back to this time when we weren't. It was more of like, oh, I have some really good memories. You know, things are okay now. Like they weren't, they weren't so worried of like the future. Like we are. I think we're all very anxious about the future. Whereas my dad was just like, oh yeah, you know, good summers down by the creek and and stuff like that. That's nice to to remember. It's a different form of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fact that it's coming way earlier for our generation is also indicative of of just a couple of things of like how I think a lot of us feel older than we really are. Um, how tired we feel, um, just like existentially tired and just a lack of hope for how long our lifespan will be. I think, I think there's a little bit of like concerning, I mean, the current (laughs) health bills, that's valid. Yeah. But, and, and it is, but I just think that most other previous generations had very different reasons for their nostalgia than we do, um, and it and that need for it hit a little bit later um, for them well, than it has for us. Going going back to the horror for a moment, something just popped in my head. Um, in the eighties, we had this film series called Maniac Cop. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you could make one of those now. No. There was a game called Going Postal. Well, Postal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was Postal. And Postal 2, even. Yeah. Uh, Is your kid okay? Growing pains. Mm. Growing pains. She she had this pain in her leg and thought she was just going to die. So, in order to get my attention, she was coughing and then kept coughing and... Uh, was starting to cough so much that she was going to really sell the part. A method actor, mm-hmm. after all. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's that's what that's all about. But uh, no, no, she's just growing. That's that 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 stuff hurts. Yeah, I remember. Uh, but she wants yeah. to be bigger. She's she's just a little tiny human being, and she really she wants she's to be. Very small. And she wants to be bigger. So it's like, you know, you're growing. That's what you want. Unfortunately, it hurts, but you're growing. So there was like a half smile, like, yay, I'm growing, but oh, God. That kind of With thing. age comes yeah. pain. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Okay. So that's obviously <laughs> what I was missing out on. Um, but you were going to say, Daniel, I'm sorry. 
No, though, I, I just I, going back and just analyzing pop culture. There's a number of things that, even in harkening back and our, our seeming never-ending need to reset, there's certain things that can't be made anymore just because of how grim things are. Yeah. Maniac cop cannot be made because our trust in the police has been so shaken. Maniac cop could be made because people trusted law enforcement. Right. I think it could be made again. You know why? It would have a a completely different tone. No, no, no. Well, it it probably would, but not for that reason, because Hollywood has no original ideas anymore. (laughs) It would just be a remake. Something uh, that I... Yeah, but it be looked as distasteful. Yeah. Like most of what Hollywood does. Well, but in a different way. <laughs> yes. This would be protested, though. Yeah, I, I know what Daniel's trying to say. That would just give and more tickets. <laughs> something something that, uh, that I also... I'm cynical. Kinda, it, it gives me like a, a bad taste in my mouth, is that I think we can objectively say that uh, a lot of the gore horror, the gorer, if you will, mm-hmm. of, like, the 70s especially, uh, was extremely misogynistic in nature. That was part of the draw. Exactly. And we're seeing that again, and to me, that's very telling of of women having less agency in horror movies and, and being yeah. uh, ripped apart. And I think that's very telling of socially where we're going. And that personally makes me very uneasy. Well, that, that's, that's an interesting thing. I'm just going through you know, my horror queue on Netflix mm-hmm. and going, okay, for a while there in the early 2010s, mm-hmm. there were a lot of strong female protagonists in yes. horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, you even had ones like The Descent where you had a, a primarily yeah. female group. They were um, only women in that yeah. group. So you you had you know this entire almost female experience unique in horror, mm-hmm. and there was a lot more stronger female protagonists. Now we're seeing a lot more as you're, you're saying there are a lot more damsels in distress or uh, women as villains. Yeah, a lot of fodder is what I'm seeing. Like I even like I brought up Scream earlier because that's one of like those quintessential '90s you know. Yeah. Horror films, but even then, I mean, it was centered on a woman trying to figure out what the fuck was happening around her. And you um, had not only just a female protagonist, but you also had another survivor, mm-hmm. a strong female character that stayed throughout the series with Courtney Cox's character, yeah. who was profiting off of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And just now, like a lot of, even a lot of the horror novel, I, I read a lot of like novelettes and stuff in the horror genre because horror seems to be going short in writing right now, and I'm not sure why, but you know, whatever. It doesn't. It's not that big of a deal. It it, 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 it lends itself to a three or four act uh, format nowadays, yeah. and we're seeing a lot more harkening back to 80s style horror in fiction. Where you yes. have stuff like, you know, um, the, the the story that spawned Hellraiser, mm-hmm. uh, where it, it's just a a solid, you know, three beat, three act yeah. horror, 
where a lot of stuff is not thoroughly described but implied. But one of the things that I'm noticing from um, especially some of the newer authors, um, who the majority of which happen to be male, is um, the women who are in their stories. You know, bad things happen to everybody. It's a it's a freaking horror story. That's the point. Yeah. But what happens to the women is only sexualized and only happening to the women. And it's one of the reasons why I curate horror authors very carefully anymore, because it it's just not... It, first of all, I think it's low-hanging fruit. I think it's something that we saw done way back in the day with Richard Matheson's Hell House. Um, I, I think That's it's fair. lazy. Um, and it's also just that it reeks of misogyny, of like, all right, the male characters are actually getting tortured like psychologically or you know something is happening to them that has nothing to do with their sexual organs but all the women are like getting raped by an inanimate object or uh, that has come to life solely for the purpose of raping them or the violence against them is very sexualized of like oh we have to tear off her shirt before we stab her and the stabbing has to be described in a very sexualized way and be basically a metaphor for penetration and rape and um, I just so this sort of harkening back to the eighties fetishization that went with slasher pictures. Yeah, like the the seventies and, and early eighties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, where I think a lot of like the idea of gore porn comes from, where it was like, yeah, it was gory, but it was also very sexualized gore. Well, I mean, hostile too. Yeah. Um, that I think is an an excellent example where you're you're having while they're they're female protagonists they are thoroughly thoroughly traumatized and it's slow torture gore porn mm-hmm. where where you have these male figures tormenting women right these things appeal not to me. Not in any way, shape, or form. I, I do not like horror. The entire genre just does not sit well with me. But that's my own psychology. No, yeah, I like I, certain... I, I consume a lot of horror because... Well, as, as, you're, like, as you're indicating, <laughs> as you get to the more extreme graphic styles, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fine with suspense. I love suspense. Yeah. You know, the good old Alfred Hitchcock... You know, let it let it be implied in your imagination what happened. Rope, love it. Just can't get enough of that stuff. But when it comes to just the torture porn, the yeah. gore porn, you know those things. Saw it's like hospital. that that stuff that is very geared for a specific type of mentality that, mm-hmm. in some way, clicks. And I'm not in there. None of that is remotely appealing. I can go to an autopsy and I can see a real body having these things done to it and it does not affect me. But right. in in that kind of thing it's like where are you going with this? This this is not it's it's the context what bothers yeah. me and I think probably what bothers you is the context of that it's meant to be tantalizing. Yeah. It's meant to be it's meant to excite. It is meant to It's porn. Uh, 
yeah, it's a, it's a very sexualized, you know, form of violence uh, that we're consuming. And I think that also says something um, about us as a society that, and I, I'm not one of those people who's like, violent video games are making people kill each other. No, it's not that. No, 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 not it's, at all. This is, it's that I think we're this all is different. very, I think a lot of people, um, a lot, a lot of people, especially in the West, are very much desensitized to human suffering. I think we That's all have a, um, a, a severe lack of empathy problem going on. Um, and I And I think that is kind of indicative in in what we consume um where we have a hard time like like what i was saying of like me being ups, uh, upset by these things because i know the social context for them and i'm like you know this is already happening to women and it's happening yeah. a lot and nobody gives a shit unless it's presented as pornographic and then they suddenly fucking love it of like our suffering being served up as somebody's for somebody's enjoyment but when it it happens to us and it's real nobody cares they get away with it it doesn't matter um like that's why it upsets me but i think there's a lack of social consciousness from people who enjoy that and that's why they're able to enjoy it is because it's like oh well this is it, it's still the idea of this is so far-fetched or this is you know is it is it or, really yeah Exactly, but I but I think that they think it is, and I think it's also a desensitization issue, and I think that does eventually carry over into their perception of social issues to a degree. I think it helps. Now let's I really think look it does. at one of our our recent series of horror films. We're looking at the Purge. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. poor people don't matter; they're cannon fodder. Yep. And the well-to-do. Either lock themselves away, or they, they go out and play. Yeah, because they can afford the weapons and the body armor. Yeah, it's about who has the money or the resources. Nearly always is. Okay, so that's fun. So we're seeing the, a <laughs> lot of that in the last six months um, as a trend. An yeah, interesting and trend no, line. The 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 important thing for the outlook down the line in my opinion is yes focus on every election anyone that you are legally allowed to vote in go and vote mm -hmm. I, I i don't care if you're on the opposite side go vote it's your civic damn duty yeah participate participate but also be knowledgeable about what you're participating in don't trust anybody. Do the research. Don't listen to to the voices that you tune into. Mm -hmm. They're lying to you. Get hard fact. Yeah. Look at history. Uh, you know, what has the person done? What are they known for? You know, take a look at their own trends. They leave also marks. Also see who's contributing to their campaign, if you can. Yeah. Follow things back to the root. Like, take them all the way down to the root and it's going to take some digging but do it yeah the problem it's is otherwise... more than five minutes the problem yeah, is and... we don't have time as a, as a society to do these things and we then rely on journalists to do that research for us so that I we would, don't have to i would say it's less about time and more about inclination no it's a lot of it's time because I, I mean you just cause... admitted that this is going to take time 
Yeah. Yeah. But what I mean is that I think we live in a world where people don't want to devote more than five minutes to something because there's always something else shiny that they could be doing instead that's easier by comparison. That we and live I, in a distraction rich environment. Right. Uh, we're all very overstimulated, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's I think it's twofold. I will I will give you this. I do think it's it's about inclination, but I also think it's about people not knowing how. Oh yes. To dig deeper. We we still have and we're going to see more of it. Serious issues in the education level of the populace. And, and education, education gaps. Yeah. Um, the the other thing is, folks. Um, yeah, investing in education. Uh, also, be conscious of where you're spending your money. As vote, much as you can be. Vote with your uh, dollars, Sam. Well, vote with your dollars, but also, again, understand hmm. what it is that you're consuming and who this benefits. Because mm-hmm. uh, every day with what you do, you are voting for certain policies. Corporations are now people in this country. Mm-hmm. Metrics. And they can, it's all metrics. And they, can, and they can spend their money on certain, you know, senators, representatives, etc. These groups influence your life. Spend wisely. Uh, and it's hard because, like... I mean, I'm being slightly hyperbolic here. I'd have to look at the exact number, but it's something like seven parent corporations own, like, basically every other, you know, smaller corporation. So it's hard, but try. In media, I I think it's like five. In media. I'm talking about, like, brands like Nabisco and Kellogg and and whatnot. I think there were 13 of those. One of the things that I I, I went down a warhole just trying to educate myself for an RPG. Mm Mm-hmm. Um was lobbying in the state of Florida. And you know what group has like some of the most lobbyists in the state of Florida? Uh, healthcare industry? Verizon. Ah, telecommunications. They have some of the most lobbyists operating at every level of government. Do you think that has something to do with like the net neutrality thing? No. It's a great this number is... of things. It's, it's also right of way. Sure. It's right of way. It's access to the lines. They yeah. uh, have to get certain provisions, so they're the only ones that can be in an area. Especially when they're trying to like bring. They don't do FiOS anymore. They sold all that to another company, and some of it's Frontier and other things. But when they were doing FiOS, they were having to get right of way um, access, so they were pushing heavily through that. That's probably what you saw a lot of. Actually, when when you were seeing them, I think they've probably cut back a lot because of that, because they reduced their their presence. But they still have to have put up towers. They still have to get. Um, so then they're dealing with the FAA. They're dealing with the FCC. They're dealing with um, local municipalities, right of way access. You know, city governments. You know, there's a lot of things that a telecommunication company has to involve themselves with. Also, just looking at things uh, from a state level, one of the things that I found incredibly interesting was I was seeing specific people's names and following those back to a county level 
when you followed them to the county level, you actually could see how many different groups they were representing. Mm -hmm. Some of these individual lawyers operating at the state level are registered at the county level. The number of clients they have on the register can be like 14 separate clients. Oh, easily. Yeah. And just doing that following the money and having my head spin. Uh, oh, yeah. And and just, you know, lobbying firms. In some cases, lobbyists are, you know, law firms. Other times, they're these organizations that specialize in it. Mm-hmm. But, no, that leading back to be conscious about where you're spending your money, who you're mm-hmm. spending it with, because they're going to spend your money. Exactly. I think, really, at the end, because the, there's a lot. So, if we can just sum up. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. <laughs> just pay yeah. attention. Because there's so many things that we consciously and subconsciously ignore. We don't mm-hmm. really want to know what's going on at City Hall. It doesn't really affect us. Because in the morning, what are we going to do? You know, what's your daily life like? Does it have anything to do with these people? No. They're going out of their way to make things roll along and really not involve you. If you want to be involved, you have to work for it. Mm -hmm. You have to get up and go do it. It is not something that's going to land in your lap. You have to be involved. You have to do that. They encourage you to be passive, Mm -hmm. to just let it go. That way there's less people that they have to worry about influences on. You know, they, they don't have to worry about whether or not they're pissing you off. They don't have to worry about whether or not they're pleasing you and whether or not that's going to count for a vote because you're just going to not pay any attention. I think you can even take a lot of this stuff that we've talked about, pretty much all of it, back to follow the money. I mean, even what mm-hmm. Daniel and I were talking about with pop culture and horror and all that, what are people devoting their money to? What is being consumed? Mm-hmm. And what does that say about the state of things? Oh, yeah. Uh, all the research about porn, for instance. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's an amazing thing. Where does your money go? Because you work hard for that money. You're going to put that money in certain so places. Hard for the money. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> she work hard for the money, so you right. better treat yeah. her right. That's right. 